0: Welcome to 26.2. I'm Russ, also known as I'm Fat So I Run. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is about not having to be ultra fit to train for and complete a marathon. Anybody and anybody can do it, and I'm living proof. True to my self-inflicted nickname, I'm carrying several extra pounds. In fact, I was 269 pounds at my heaviest, and my ideal is closer to 190. I've shed some of those pounds, but I'm still overweight. I used to run in high school, but unfortunately, I didn't keep up with it. The crazy thing about running, though, is it sticks with you. You never really leave it behind. Join me on this journey to learn more about training for and completing a marathon, whatever shape you're in. Here we are at mile three. Today, we're going to have an interview with my friend Damien, who's uh, athletically inclined, more so than I. He's run uh, marathon with me before he's done some triathlons uh, and without further ado here's the interview with Damien. Okay so we're here with Damien and he's uh, one of the people I've run with before he's a close friend of mine.
1: Um, I mentioned before that I would be interviewing some people that uh, are into running and have a different level of fitness than myself Uh, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, Damien do you want to introduce yourself and uh give people a story about yourself
2: uh, sure thing i'm uh, damian deluzio um i started running seriously probably in 2007 uh never really liked running before like even in like uh college and high school you kind of get up and be like "All right, i'm just gonna go out and do a run go out and do the run legs hurt lungs hurt do you think this sucks i don't want to do this anymore uh, then i started doing triathlons and progressed from there and started enjoying running
1: and you used to be a little bit overweight too, by your own standards, right?
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah, I was uh, again. Yeah, like you said my own standards. I got to like two ten, which isn't like huge by any means. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely. I was very uncomfortable with how I felt and clothes didn't fit anymore. And you know, as opposed to letting it you know get further than that, I just decided you know this is more than I'm comfortable with. So I made the change right then and there.
1: Is that uh? A- was running one of those things that you used to um, shed the pounds, or was it more like watching your food?
2: Um, at the time, it was doing other exercises. It wasn't running. Um, it was okay. doing a rowing machine I got. And so that was the initial okay. thing. And then also, yeah, kind of watching watching what I was eating again. I was, uh, just got into the routine of just mindless, mindlessly eating.
1: Okay. Uh, you said you've done triathlons before. What kind? They're not, not the full Ironman or anything, right?
2: No, I've done, I have done. did mostly uh, Olympics, and then kind of when I wanted some of the uh, – a little more downtime, I would do uh, uh, sprint distance triathlons.
1: Can you explain to the people what the difference is between an Olympic and a sprint
2: triathlon? Yeah, usually a sprint is, uh, you know, about a half-mile swim, maybe somewhere about a 15-ish, 20-mile bike ride, and a 5K run. And then Olympics, usually uh, somewhere around double that, so mile run, you know, it could be anywhere from like a 20 to 30 mile bike ride and about a 10k run.
1: Okay. Um, why did you stop doing the triathlons and switch to running?
2: Um, my wife and I had uh, twins in 2009, and uh, I did triathlons that year. And 2010, I did another one, another few, and it was just it was too hard trying to get up early, do the do the training, um, doing bike rides you know, during. During the daylight hours, uh, came home from, before the kids, come home from work, spend some time with my wife, go out and do my bike ride and get home. But now kind of coming home and having a family, I wasn't able to dedicate as much time to the bike and the swim. But the run was easier because I could do that first thing in the morning, put on a reflective vest with a light, and just head out the door. So I uh, had the brilliant idea of, you know, if I can do three three sports, I can easily run a marathon. So uh, 2011, I decided to run the Twin Cities Marathon.
1: That's the one we did together, right? Correct, yeah. And what was your time for that? Uh, uh,
2: three, 329 56. So, right about an yeah.
1: Wow, well, well, yeah, that's, you know what mine was that year. I think it was 510 or 513, I think. <laughs> right. So, what, uh, what would you say your level of physical fitness is right now?
2: Uh, I would say it's, right now, it's probably very good. Um, again, having the kids and everything, changing jobs. Um, I definitely haven't been running as much as I would like or doing as much weightlifting as I like, but I'm still Mm -hmm. getting in enough where I'm feeling comfortable.
1: And you're training for a marathon right now, right?
2: Correct. Yeah. I'm training for Twin Cities again this year.
1: Okay. And how far into your training are you?
2: Um, let's see here. I started... May 18th was my first day, so we're talking about two months into it now.
1: Okay. Um, What kind of technology do you use when you run? Do you take anything with you, or do you just go out the door with your shoes?
2: The only thing I use right now is just a uh, Garmin GPS. So I think it's uh, the Forerunner 210 is what I have. Okay. And I literally just use it just for uh, tracking miles and pace, Uh, nothing else. I used to use uh, the FootPod for uh, tracking my, uh, how many steps I took, but I was always averaging right about that 80. So, um, and that's one of the things I'll pull it out every now and again, just to make sure that I'm keeping right about that, that turnover. Okay.
1: And that's important to you because you used that, uh, when you were training for triathlon to see if your running was correct.
2: Um, no, I, um, I, I got the, gosh, when did I get that? I got that probably a year ago, maybe two years ago. For my training, um, I just you know, read some research where they said that a higher leg turnover. You know, probably I think it was between like 80 and 90 is ideal. Mm-hmm. So I just and you, you can you know easily just sit there and count your steps, but you know I get up to like eight and all of a sudden I get distracted by a bird or a squirrel and that kind <laughs> of that. Squirrel,
1: squirrel. Um, so, what made you uh, want to do? marathons i think you touched on it but the triathlons and stuff but why why marathons why not 10ks or half marathons or further than marathons
2: i i tend to have the personality of go big or go home okay so it was you know i had I, I done the 10ks with um the triathlons the half marathons i felt like i could easily do that because it was a it'd be a little jump you know, okay. I mean, well, you know, but I I thought the, the marathon would be more of a challenge, and I'm always looking for a challenge, and uh, it sure as heck was.
1: Because your half marathon times are like an hour and a half, right? Um,
2: what's my PR? I think it's somewhere about 1, about 137, I think, is my PR, somewhere in that area.
1: Okay. Um, Alright, let's get to the little tougher questions. What do you Love about running. What do you love most about it?
2: um I love it how easy it is. I just get up, head out the door, and you just get it in. um I mean, it's one of the first things we do growing up is run. You know, mm-hmm. we just, we, you know just do it. I mean, how many times you know? Dave, if you have kids, my kids do this all the time. Run in the backyard, okay? You, <laughs> yeah. The grass is lava. You know, run from this to this. You know, have your feet on the ground as little as possible, and you just run. And it's, you know, I'd, I'd heard a while ago this this theory that man, you know, when we were first, you know, the cavemen and everything, that's how they got their most of their food, was they just ran the animals down. So they weren't able to outrun them, but they were able to run longer than them. And I was kind of skeptical about that when I first heard that. I'm like, I don't know how much I buy that, I don't know how much I believe that. But uh, the more and more I've been running and thinking about that as I run, and just how that humans are built and how we are able to run these ridiculous distances, you know, these 100 miles, you know, and, and yeah. people do it, you know, and it's you think that's impossible. People
1: do it and walk the next day.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. just it. Yeah, and it's so the the more I think about it, it's like maybe there's something that is behind that. So it's you know, again, people say oh injuries and this and that, and it's, so much of those injuries are something's wrong someplace else, like a, a knee problem, you know, it's. You know, your hips or your quads or your abs or your lower back, you know, those muscles are weaker. And so it's just a, a problem somewhere else on the chain. And it's just, uh, developing those muscles and just having balance.
1: What, uh, speaking of injuries, what injuries have you suffered from when you, uh, when you've been training for races and why do you think you suffered from those? Were they preventable or were they just
0: common stupidity?
2: Yeah, I have. I've had two major injuries. I would, you know, I was probably over exaggerating that, or, but two injuries that have really that has affected my running. And one was I had a calf injury uh, during a run during the 2011 training for uh, Twin Cities, and that was preventable. I was also I had this challenge I do every now and again during the Tour de France, where I take like 10% of the miles that they bike that day, and I bike bike it. Um, and I was also doing that during the training. I think I put too much stress on my legs, and uh, during one of my runs, I kind of felt my – it was either my calf or my Achilles tendon kind of pop, and uh, so I I missed a week and a half of training from that. But I was able to get right back into it, so, I mean, that's minor. And then uh, last – no, two years ago in 2013, I had injured the ball of my foot. It was a sesamoiditis. So there's two bones, they're floating bones that attach to the ball of your foot. They actually don't attach to the ball of your foot, they're floating. And uh, one of mine is just sits a little bit lower than the other one. So when I run, that makes contact with the ground first and uh, causes pain. why it all of a sudden came out at that point, um, the physical therapist I was seeing, we kind of came up with a scenario that probably what happened was I ran a half marathon and I was I, I ran it too fast. And uh, I think I put some stress on my legs from that. And then the next weekend I had a long run. I think it was like a three-hour run. And uh, I think I just, that just that exaggerated it. And that problem stuck with me from August till December, and it didn't really completely go away until the following May or so.
1: Um, so from that, what do you hate about running and what challenge you most about running?
2: Um I hate about running that the the long runs all of a sudden. Um I used to love right. the long runs. Right now I dread I dread my Sunday long runs. I think it's uh just so much going on with the family. Um mm-hmm. that, that, that morning time is the only time I can't really get to myself before we're kind of going. And uh so I'm again I'm trying to how to adjust that, especially with my new work schedule where I'm trying to do that long run on a Wednesday. Um, trying to see That's if that. that that changes anything. And then uh, what was the second part of the question? Uh,
1: what challenges you the most about running?
2: Um, I think doing the weightlifting, uh, just to keep that muscle balance. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I notice when I do the weightlifting, uh, doing squats, lunges, step-ups, those kinds of things, that uh, my running improves. Uh, I run faster, I run better, uh, and I run more injury-free. Uh, and when I don't, I have these little nagging injuries, uh, you know, calf cramps and uh, you know, legs legs hurting, knees hurting a little bit. You know, nothing that's ever stopped me from running, but things that are, are there and always, you know, worries them.
1: <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> if you could see me right now, I'm nodding my head. Yes. <laughs> <could
2: see>.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What's the farthest distance you've ever run? Uh, the,
2: the marathon. I've got a. Uh, I would like to run a, a 50k this fall, but. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm struggling a little bit right now with the marathon distance, so I'm a little mm-hmm. concerned that that might just be too much for me. But it's uh on my on my bucket list right now.
1: Okay. Um. So, oh, what was I going to say? Um. So, oh yeah. So the way you train, you you keep talking about the times. Some people train by distance they set a certain distance and go and other people train with time and you introduced me to a, a triathlon training book actually that had the training program focused on time have you ever done it based on distance or are you still on the time
2: uh, i'm still on the time i like the time um i i'll know how long i'm going to be out of the house um if and okay. if i'm having it, there's no pressure like where i'm like okay my, my legs just i don't have it in my legs today um, I'm just going to slow down and do a slower pace today. I'm still going to be doing that same amount of time, uh, whereas if, if my pace is really slow, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to get home really late, the kids might be up, um, it, it works out really well with the schedule because if I leave at you know, yeah. 5 o'clock, I know I'll be home at 8 o'clock, and uh, it just fits, it fits better in the schedule. I do like the running by the distance, though, because the faster you run, the faster you get it done, and it helps promote um, some speed work in there, yeah. you know, subconsciously. Um, I just in terms of um uh, family life and just um keeping a schedule, I really like running by time.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean by uh if you are running by distance and realize that it's gonna be longer than the designated time you thought you were gonna be out, the mind game can start to get the better of you and everything just sucks from there.
2: Yeah and that's so much of what running is is that mind game. It, it's it's yeah. You're 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 battling with yourself. I mean, it's it's so much less about I mean about the unless you're an elite runner, it's about less about the people you're running with, as opposed to you know running against your own mind and you know those voices telling you you can't do this, you just give up. Yeah, I mean that's, that's every day. You know you just trying to get out of bed. My alarm goes off. It's like ah, do I want to do this today?
1: <laughs> yep, completely understandable. Um, all right. So what uh what's your best run story? if you can think of any.
2: Oh, best run story. So probably my best one would be uh, the Lola Half Marathon last year. It was, um, I didn't do my research on the course before we went. I just kind of, I, I signed up for it because it was part of a series, and it was a race I was going to have to do no matter what. So I didn't really, usually, you know, I researched the course, looked for the elevation gains, you know, try to decide a good plan to attack that course with. And I did not for this race, and I show up for packet pickup the day before the race, and it's nothing but hills. And okay. I'm like, oh, gosh, I've been doing no-hill training. I, I'm i in trouble. And uh, race morning, there was just a horrible storm. We're delayed by about an hour. And in hindsight, that actually did me a lot of good because I was able to get some more calories in before the start of the race.
1: Okay. And the
2: temperature was perfect because that, that rain had fallen, and it was you almost needed sleeves at the start of the race. But by a, easily a quarter of a mile into it, it, you were fine. I mean, people were already shredding their, their layers. And, uh, yeah, I got about halfway through that half marathon, and I realized, I mean, I was just – I had it that day. And uh, even with a, a hilly course, you know, I still – I set a my half marathon PR on that course.
1: Nice. Which is what?
2: You know, I should look that up. I'll, I'll look that up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on um, the top of my head, I cannot think of what. And usually, those are the well, things that runners have just memorized. And you ask them, you know, been in a coma for six months, come out of it. What's your PR?
1: <laughs> um, I completely understand because I can't remember what my PR for the marathon is. I think it's like five hours, and I think it's 4:59, but I have no idea. And yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know the marathon. I know my marathon time. Off the top of my head, but for some reason, this half marathon. It's. I thought about it like right when I don't know, probably about a month ago, when you talked to me about doing this. I'm like, I gotta look at my times again, and I thought like, okay, that's pretty good, and then just dropped it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So we talked about the best run story. What about your worst run story?
2: It's probably from the same run series last year. um It was the Minnesota half marathon, and we had a really mild summer in terms of uh, temperatures. And race morning it was hot and humid. And race started off, and it was kind of one of those things. I, I had it, you know. it was my first three miles, I was, I was golden. I mean, I was, I was flying. I think I was at about like a seven-minute mile. And then I hit mile four, and I'm like, I'm starting to get a little hot here. Got to mile five, and I thought I'm in trouble. I got to mile six, and my race was over. It was just, I was, I was spent. I, I, I dumped, I dumped everything. The old You know, running, you know, adage. You you have so many matches in your matchbook at the start of the race, and once you win that last one, there's no getting it back. And I, I gone through, you know, 90% of my pack at mile six. But uh, it was, it was one of those races everybody was having problems with it because it was so hot. And uh, you know, a bunch of us were just kind of in a group and all, you know, saying, when did you give up? When did you give up? You know, but we, we were still getting through the course. And uh, it was, I've never seen so many ambulances on one course. I mean, there was, there was a, lot, a lot of, I think, younger high school kids running it, and they didn't quite yeah. know when to, to pull back. And they would, again, once you start having those heat problems, once you get too far, it's you're done.
1: Yeah, there's no, no fixing it at that point. Right. Um, all right. Uh, I have on here shoes. Do you want to talk about the shoes? Yeah, sure. Um, I've noticed that... Uh, for some odd reason, somebody buys a lot of shoes when they yeah. find a pair they like. Do you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah, I uh, I have such a hard time buying shoes. I've got very narrow feet, and I have such a hard time finding shoes that when I find a pair that fit me well and uh, that I'm mm-hmm. not having any, like, foot problems or ankle problems with, I, I'll i tend to go out and buy three or four pairs of them just to get me through the running season. Because, you know, usually, you know, you quickly put on, you know, two 300 miles into the shoes and they're shot. You're on to the next pair, and I, I, I had a one running season with the the triathlons where I changed running shoes during the season, and it just I was just having aches and pains in my feet for that running season. So, I'm like you know what, let's find a good deal on shoes, and we'll buy buy them out.
1: And that that way, you don't have to readjust your your gant or anything like that with the with a different pair of shoes that actually makes you. Make your footstep a little bit different. That's, exactly. That's smart, yeah, but, even though like, even though I like, give you a lot of crap about the shoes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's also, also part of like a, the psychological thing that that mind game. You know, i'm sitting there going, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I'm switching shoes now. Something's going to happen. And it's just you know what? I'm just putting on a new pair of shoes. You know, give it a little bit of time to break them in. But once you break them in, it, they're going to fit the same as your other ones.
1: Yeah. um Okay. So, what advice would you give someone who's just starting out running, or someone who's struggling with running?
2: Uh, take it slow. It's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's not easy I, every day, you know, that something different happens. Um, you know, the weather changes, uh, you know, it's, you know, your body's not used to it. Uh, anything that you do that's new, your, your body, your body gets into a habit and you break that habit. You know, if ever tried, you ever try to diet or, um, you know, doing anything new, your, your body just, it feels different. It does your body doesn't know how to react to it. So just taking it slow, um, when I started doing the marathon, uh, my my first long run was like I mean, it was like an hour and fifteen minutes. And I got done with it, I'm like there's no way I'm gonna be able to run a marathon. I, I again I barely got through an hour and fifteen minute run. You know, which was probably six, seven, eight miles somewhere in that area. And uh, you know, by the end of it I was just loving the long runs and Again, you know, yeah, and I ran a great marathon. So just taking everything slow, uh, learning from your mistakes, um, and just learning what works for you and what doesn't work for you. You know, what kind of hydration works for you. Um, you know, shoes, clothing, all that kind of stuff. Um, like like now, like I, I was having a lot of my calves would just ache at the end of runs, and I started wearing compression socks just to see how, how they would work. Ever since I've been doing that, um, my calf problems have gone away. Well, not problems, but the, the aches and pains have subsided. So just
1: yeah, I, Go ahead. I found that the comp- I found that the compression socks actually. If I'm doing speed work, my shins and calves will hurt a lot. But those compression compression socks are a godsend when you're doing speed work and you're not used to it. What uh, I don't know if I asked this before. This was earlier up there in my questions, but did I ask you what do you listen to when you run anything?
2: You know, I used to listen to usually ESPN podcasts or Mm -hmm. uh, music, but uh, Hmm. now, yeah, now I don't listen to anything. Um, I I take that as my time to think, my time to kind of digest stuff and figure things out. So uh, I'd like to, you know, I kind can of also listen to your body a little bit more. You're kind of more in tune to what's going on. You all of a sudden feel a little pain or thinking about your foot stroke. You know, am I, am I landing with my heel or am I landing with my my foot?
1: Mm-hmm. The ball of your foot or the front of your foot, yeah.
0: Okay, we've come to the end of tonight's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you were entertained, and I hope you're enjoying being on this journey with me. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at I'm Fat So I Run. That's I-M-F-A-T-S-O-I-R-U-N. All run together into one word. Send me your suggestions for next week's episode. And if you've joined me in training for a marathon, please send me your weekly miles so I can give you a shout-out. See you next mile.